y'all come on in, take your shoes off, sit on down. Y'all listening to In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile. Fun Counter Guy, thanks for stopping by. Welcome to another edition of Trying to Hurt Cats, the philosophical podcast where we throw anonymous quotes at anonymous folks and look to see what climbs out of the wreckage. And at the end of the podcast, I will reveal the source of the quotes. So getting right into it, the first quote, if you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. There needs to be a human being. I, I see that person being lonely. You know, what's the old phrase? Uh, please, God, give me love. And if you can't give me anybody to love, give me a purpose. If you can't give me a purpose, give me something to hope for. And if you can't give me anything to hope for, just give me something to friggin' do. Oh, wow. And, you know, the point of it is, is without human interaction, mm-hmm. there is no life. Have you ever been at a point in your life where you, you felt like that? Like, man, I'm kind of done with people. I, I just, <laughs> just want to live in a cave and, oh, sure. and screw all y'all. I mean, that's part of, I think, sometimes it actually, dare I say, it could be healthy because... You know, it's part of sometimes a creative process and where you just need to step away from people and life and and be alone and kind of recoup as an introvert would. But I, I cite on introversion, but I'm also not too far. I'm, right. I'm kind of in the middle. You, you're um, a father and, and, a, and a husband. Have you had those moments since you've been married? And like, how do you pull that off? We know each other's space. We tell each other too. We'll, we'll text each other and we'll just say, you know, it might just be best to leave me out of your life for the night mm-hmm. uh, and just give me some time. As hard as it is not to come back at your spouse and ask, you know, what's the problem? What is this something I did? Or, mm-hmm. or you know, the kid's driving you batty. We just kind of learned over the years, we've been married for 13 years, and you just figure out it's just those times. You just mm-hmm. need to step back and let them do whatever they want to do on, all by themselves. We've come to respect that about each other because we both have some introversion in us and we both do enjoy our private times too. So. Again, if you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. I mean, that just sounds lonely to me. Do you have a library for one thing? No, we don't keep things. We mostly get rid of stuff, so because we're okay. anti-clutter. <laughs> Do you are you a hoarder by nature, and you're trying no, to find it? Oh. No, I think having a bunch of stuff makes me anxious. I mean, I will keep things that I think I'll need. Do you have a garden? I don't see one back here. I mean, I like to do flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot. I like flowers. Uh, we have herbs in the front. Chris's father has a big, huge garden, and I like Aza to go out there and work in it. So you do, like, some me time? Yeah. It's good. I do like libraries and mm-hmm. gardens, <laughs> but I don't think it's everything you need. If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. My husband has a garden, but it, I don't eat from it. Too complicated. It, I'd have to drive over, get it, pick it. I'd rather shop. But my library keeps me well fed. And so you have a pretty serious library. I have an awesome library, yeah. and I love it, and I'm proud of it. And I've gotten rid of actually of it twice in my life. You mean you've gotten rid of everything? Yeah. Like I just get. Cra- I know that was the perfect face. Make that. Why? You, I mean, you have like rare books. I, I do, and I've had them twice. I started a library when I was a kid. I used to eat lunch in the library, mm-hmm. 
I never would go to like the cafeteria, so I'd go and I would read and. They allowed you to eat in the library? Okay. Just say let me eat in the library. Really? Every time that I ate there and, and spilled food over the books, they would like smack me with a ruler. That's not fair. <laughs> well, I spilled some ketchup on a book. I ate part of the pages because I was curious. That's and that really gross. <laughs> <laughs> why did you get rid of them the first time? I don't remember why the very first time, but it was all my high school books and all my collections. Because I was, I was a big time into like serial killers and vampires. This is before... You weren't into Judy Bloom. I don't even know who that is. I know. <laughs> okay. Hey. How do you know? <laughs> I mean, did you have a lot of friends or no, were books no. your friends? I didn't have any friends. Bye. Who needs friends when you have stories in books? I agree. I, agree. I mean, come on. Um, books don't make fun of you. No, they don't. <laughs> and then, yeah, you can be whoever you want when you're reading. And then the second time, and these ones were extremely rare. Like, then I got into like the really rare ones. Rare, like, for example? Well, I like 40s, how to be a perfect wife books uh, yeah. and how you're supposed to dress and how you're supposed to have like a etiquette at a party books. Because you follow them or because you find them hilarious? They're hilarious. <laughs> Old love stories, not poems. I, can't, I don't get poetry. Love biographies. Love old psychology books. And so now you have a third library. Yes, me and my partner in crime. He has a bunch of books. Now he, oddly enough, has a bunch of books but doesn't want them in the library. I don't, he doesn't want people to see what he's reading. Oh, really? Do tell. <laughs> he has like 40 books, the dummies books. Oh. Something on dummies, something on dummies. Yeah. I think he reads enough to get dangerous, and then he's a master. Do you have a big library? At uh, my house? Uh -huh. No. My brother has a garden. And how does it look? Destroyed. How? Because our puppies jump in the oh. pods and knock all the plants over. But we are building this little platform, and we're going to put all the plants there. Our puppies can't get to them. You put like an electric fence, that'll probably help. So every time the puppy like hits the fence, it'll be like burnt. No. <laughs> Why? That'd be so sad. Oh, that's true. So your, your brother's not a bad gardener. Mm -mm. You know, when I was a kid, uh, we actually were somewhat farmers. And Dad gave me my own plot of land to the farm. And it was pretty pitiful. I was a bad farmer. <laughs> but part of it is I'm colorblind and, you know, picking and pruning the wrong stuff. And Brown and green is probably too hard same. colors. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep anything alive. That's probably part of it. I love plants. Plants are fantastic. I would have like a jungle room if I could, but I kill them. I kill them all. The way my life works is if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's just not meant to be. <laughs> so. You might as well do it now. Right now there's no like uh, militant plants right groups out there, like people for the ethical treatment of azaleas or whatever. Well, that's coming, you know. Yeah. Us vegans, the next thing we're gonna go to is the fact that plants feel pain too, so yeah. it's coming. Ew, she thinks worms feel pain. I would just stab them. Do you hear them scream? No. Do they have eyebrows? No. I agree, that's what it is. They wiggle like crazy. Yeah. That's pain. That is, and it may not be pain in terms yeah. of my level of pain. So what do you propose we eat? Oh, no, you can eat. That's fine. I can eat the you worms? You eat whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm glad we can steal your worms, aren't you? <laughs> I just, I have two frogs, and I have to feed them worms, and when I cut up the worms, they worm around, they squirm, like, right. and it's just awful. It's awesome. But what are the frogs supposed to eat? Well, ideally, there's freeze-dried shrimp and brine, which they but just they? die slowly. They go to sleep. When you freeze, you die. Really? Yeah. Right? Okay, you freeze the worms? No. 
because they're too big and then they'd be too hard for the frogs to swallow. And I have a frog that's got a very serious problem right now, so his face is jacked. I'll show you a picture, but <clears throat> he's had it for a few months. I was going to take him to the vet. I went on to Facebook and there's actually a club for African clawed frogs. They're underwater. So I went on there and can I tell you, this is like the best group of new friends I've ever found and they're militant about their frogs. So mine has a bad immune system right now because I jacked up the water, wasn't paying attention. Apparently you have to test it every single day and it has to have parameters. I've had fish for years and I've never had a problem. I get frogs on accident. One of them gets a bump on their face. It expands all over their face. I go to this frog club group and I've spent like 500 bucks in the past three weeks trying to fix them. Wow. Yeah. And How much did you pay fix. for the frogs? $6.99. I drew a line though because the girl was like, your tank's too hot. It has to be between 68 and 72 and it's at 74. So now there starts this whole conversation about how to get a coolant system in there and it's like $2.99 and I'm like, nope, that's my line. Yeah. I won't buy that. So I've drawn my line, but I do have to feed them worms because they're supposed to be the best thing for them. So I went and got them. You have to cut them up. They can't even pull and they squirm around like crazy. So in a way you have a garden, I guess. A garden of frogs. Yeah. Can you understand why someone would say that, that if all you need is books and a garden? Because you can read mm -hmm. about stuff and then you can eat food from the garden. You don't need other people? No. Don't need a phone? Nope. Really? Don't need makeup? Nope. You're 10 years old and you don't need a phone? Nope. Which is fantastic because she spends about 20 hours of the day on the phone. No, I don't. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it, I will agree it's one of those things. You don't have to have it. No. You don't even need a toilet. You can just dig a hole and do it there and then your plants will be happy. Yep. Like Lucy does. <laughs> does she crap in the garden? Yes. What? Yeah, you want to eat from our garden? <laughs>
I don't necessarily think that honest people are simple. I think that honest people are real and they don't have a lot of back games going on. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate honesty. You squeezed out a couple of children, right? Oh yeah, yeah. two. Yeah. Do you find that to be true, that children tend to be honest? I think kids tend to be honest because they don't have a sense of what the repercussions are. Uh -huh. um, and they don't understand sometimes the value of a white lie. Uh -huh. To them, you know, hey, she's fat. Oh, yeah. It's just, that's that's honesty. And, you know, especially when they say it loud enough for everybody in the you know world to hear. Um, to them, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they don't understand the repercussions. They don't understand why sometimes truth is best left unsaid. And a person that tells the truth doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that their mouth is always open. It just means that when they do open their mouth, they find ways to express the truth. I know that this friend of mine who is brutally honest sometimes doesn't care, um, but he also loves who he loves and he doesn't want to hurt the people that he loves. So he filters himself when yeah. he needs to. He's never dishonest. He just doesn't open his mouth sometimes. Again, an honest man is always a child. Children are horrible liars. You know, they just haven't learned the skills, you know. It takes, it takes work uh, to learn how to properly lie. I was working at a place uh, many years ago. There was a, a guy who was, um, he wasn't over five feet high. I mean, this, he wasn't dwarf height. I just remember hearing a story. I wasn't in the room at the time, but someone had their kid at work and this guy was in the room. And uh, I, I think the, the short guy happened to have this, uh, I mean, he was married, and he had this nice, this gold ring on his finger and everything. And he was, he was talking to this little kid, and, and you know, moving his hands and everything. And, and this was around the time that the Lord of the Rings was out and everything. So this kid is watching his hands and looking at the ring and everything. And she goes, "Are you a Hobbit?" Oh no! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and embarrassing if it was my child. Yeah. Wow. And, and and from what I was told, you know, he just kindly said, I said, no, no, you know, and, and let it go. But that's the kind of thing that a kid would say, you mm -hmm. know. It's, it's a, That's really a, just a sweet, honest, silly kid thing, yeah. you know. But they don't mean any harm at all. Right. And, and it doesn't imply that there's anything wrong with, with, you know, any particular height at all, you know. There are mm -hmm. pros and cons to everything. So I, I remember, uh, like, I think it was like a 10 or 11-year-old, who I made a joke with, and she said, you made that joke last week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need new material. <laughs> I had a little cousin once, and I don't know what we were doing, but I remember he looked at me, and he's just a little kid, and he goes, don't say something stupid. I was like, oh, my God, this kid knows me. He, like, knows I'm probably going to say something really stupid just for a joke. You yeah. Again, an honest man is always a child. Well, I guess I must be pretty honest. <laughs> Are you childlike? I'm always going to be a kid. Growing up sucks. I mean, it's not too bad, but, you know, I'm always going to want to play video games. And Do you have a hard time telling a lie? Yeah, I do. 
honesty is very serious to me. I mean, sometimes you do have to in life, and it's unfortunate, but my girlfriend's sort of the opposite. She's very good at, like, twisting things. I understand why someone's dishonest, you know, like, I can comprehend, and sometimes it's in my best interest to be, but uh, it's always, it's going to nag at me afterwards. Mm-hmm. Have you ever known anybody to be a liar and also be childlike? Oh, never mind. My girlfriend, yeah. But she's... <laughs> She's very childlike, actually. She had a nickname, Big Giant Baby, BG Baby. And you begin to date her knowing this, going into it? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, it, it all worked out, but, you know, she still likes to watch kids' movies, Pixar cartoony films and stuff. She likes fantasy dragons and mermaids. And, and she stuff. lies about it. She says, And she lies. I'm watching documentaries. No, she her idea of a lie, she doesn't lie directly. She, she'll... Phrase something in a way she knows you're being misled. And then she says, why didn't exactly say that? She gives herself a back door. Yeah, and I always say, well, that's a lie. You know, to me, it's a lie. If you're trying to mislead someone, it's a lie. And, and lies do make me uncomfortable. Again, an honest man is always a child. Like, if they're honest, then you feel like you're still kind of young, but then if you're, like, not honest, then you feel like you're getting older and older. Children, until a certain point, don't lie. They don't have a reason to. Older men who don't have a reason to, they usually have a childlike quality about them because things will always be good. If you tell the truth, then um, you'll get in less trouble than you were going to get into if you lied. Let's say I I killed Amy and I, I bury her in the garden. Where Lucy poops, and uh, the police ask me, say, "Hey, Mister, did you kill Amy and bury her in the garden where Lucy poops?" And I'll say, "No," and say they don't prove it, and I get away with it, and I live out the rest of my days not in prison. Oh well, yeah, kind of, because if you like get caught, you'll still get put in prison, mm-hmm. but maybe not as long. I see. So if I, I go to more jail if I lie to the cops. Yeah. Okay. But you have a prison in your head and. It either uh-huh. changes who you are as a person. Yeah. It's kind of like what you said about aging and telling lies. Do you think that killing a person would be quite aging? Yeah. Last time that you killed a person, did you feel really old? I didn't kill a person. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But I feel like sometimes you'll just regret doing that, even if you do get away with it. If I did it, which I probably won't, and then, so if I get away with it, then I'd probably turn myself into jail. There's something in the lesson, like lying just doesn't suit life in general because it changes who you are and Mm -hmm. usually that's not the intent. Even if you go out and you steal something, you're not trying to change who you are. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to get a bag of chips or formula to feed your baby. But having stole something changes who you are. What's the last regret that you have? So me and my grandma are like really alike, so we bunk heads a lot. And, (laughs) And so one time I said, I hate you and I regret saying that because she's not going to be here one day, so now I'm better with it and we don't argue anymore. Hey, I just want to take a quick break before we get back to the last quote by telling you a story. I once knew a guy that, in the spirit of being truthful, would leave a great tip for a server if they did a good or adequate job, but if they did a terrible job, he would leave one penny just to let them know that he hadn't forgotten to tip and that he was unhappy with the service. That said, if you think this podcast is adequate or better, feel free to leave a tip. 
say, 15% of the total bill. But if we blew it on this one because we brought you the wrong items or spilled hot soup on your darling infant or accidentally hooked our fingers into your green bean casserole, leave us a penny so we'll know. You can leave whatever amount by sending cash or change via PayPal to spuncounterguy at hotmail.com or go into our Podbean page and click it on the Become a Patron button. Okay, I better get the jerks at Table 7 keep making those straw-sucking sounds again. On with the philosophizing. Last quote, just as tall trees are known by their shadows, so are good men known by their enemies. He was a bouncer at several clubs over in Lebanon. And like I said, he liked to take up for the little guy. And, he, and I'd been over there and I'd sit there and wait for him until he got off. And, and he'd be there and all at once he'd go off and he'd go way over because it's big. And I thought, what's he going over there for? There'd be trouble starting and he could see it starting and he'd go over there. But he'd talk to them. He wouldn't throw them out immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he'd talk to them, and he'd settle it. And I know there was, uh, at one time, there was some Mexicans that came in. They, they had been working up at the Lexington, taking care of the horses and mm-hmm. stuff. And they'd come down there for recreation. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think some people, they always try to start trouble with somebody that's not mm-hmm. like them and uh, so Bill went over there and he said I'll tell you men something these men have come here to enjoy themselves, and they've worked hard all week and you leave them alone or you'll be out of here and they'll still be in here and he did mm-hmm. and he and he could take one out with this hand and one out with this hand because he was Six six, and he weighed like two seventy, two eighty. But he was, like I said, he was big, but he was kind. He was a gentle giant. That's what he was. Okay. And everybody loved him, and they knew him. And he would never, ever, ever pass up a hitchhiker, never. But one time he picked up one, and I, or it might have been two of them, and the one had a knife right to the back of his. But of course, Bill. But another time, they had there was a couple. So Bill took the knife from him. Oh yeah. yeah, but there was one time, and it was always little guys that would pick on him, mm-hmm. and I I don't know why they, but they had made this plan, and they had said, well, we when we're out, I don't know whether it was outside of the, one of the bar or they was somewhere they was talking or something, and one of them got. Do you know what a tire pump is? You mm-hmm. know. And one of them uh, was going to step up behind him and hit him over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill reached and got it, grabbed it, and throwed it over in the field. And that was the end of that. They didn't have, but But he trusted, he trusted people. In fact, I wanted to tell you, uh, my sister and I, we eat up at uh, in Camelsville after church. Uh, we go to Creekside and eat. And one day there was a group of men sitting there, and they was all dressed alike. You know, they had the same color shirt and pants on. And I said, I bet that's a group of singers. And uh, 
Okay, I said, I'll give you a nickel if you go over there and ask. I said, well, sure, I'll go ask him. So, Did you get your nickel? <laughs> well, two or three weeks later, she gave me a nickel. But Again, just as tall trees are known by their shadows, so are good men known by their enemies. When I do something good, um, it, it kind of it puts a shadow on people that because when you do good so much you get all those comments that oh he's good and he's that and everything it's always those ones that are jealous envious and jealous of you and the most the the greatest thing in their minds that they can do for you or do to you is destroy you mm -hmm. so by me saying that when you you do good things and me I'm the kind of person when I do good it's okay I don't want to put my name out there that I did it. Mm -hmm. I just always want my, my good deeds to be a mis, uh, mystery mm -hmm. because all that does open up the, um, it opens it up for you to be attacked, for people to criticize you and say, oh, he just thinks he's this way or he thinks mm -hmm. he's that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just me, other people. Yeah. I just think, and that's why when people, when they, when they do good deeds as far as going in the store and paying for someone's and groceries and then they disappear and no one knows where this person came from mm -hmm. you know because they don't want to be known mm -hmm. they just want their good deeds to be good and that's it yeah so again just as tall trees are known by their shadows, so are good men known by their enemies. It's, it's kind of looking at it backwards for me, that the, the enemies I have are going to be telling about me because of why in the world, if I'm a good man, they would be my enemy. Well, give an example maybe that bothered you that you didn't, couldn't win over somebody. Oh, well, that would be an ego issue. That would oh, be yeah. an ego issue. It wasn't about winning over it was about my wanting to have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't stay and do it. And it was just, you know, it was heartrending. I wanted them to be here. Mm -hmm. Not just because of the gifts they bring, but because I liked them. Uh -huh. And they didn't like you? Um, not enough to stay. Uh -huh. You know, not uh -huh. enough to stay. But that's part of the ego is, is that if anyone gets to know me, they'll like me and stay. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just as tall trees are known by their shadows, so are good men known by their enemies. I don't know what it means to have an enemy. Do you have any enemies? I don't think so. I've had... If you only knew. <laughs> and I guess, well, and I guess I, that, that would be different if I knew. I don't, I don't think I have any enemies. I've had people in my life who I think were actively trying to make things difficult for me. Okay. Why do you think? I know why. I was working for a couple they wanted me to sign a contract that I would not sign without something in return. They would not give me anything in return, or at least they said they would not offer me anything in return for the signature. And out of principle, I couldn't do it because I also knew that the same owner had been in the same situation and turned it down. And I thought, if that's what she's doing... Anyway, it, was, it got ugly. 
Um, and I... Um, did it hurt your feelings? Or did it... It hurt everything. Hurt everything, okay. Yeah. So you, you still like respected them and loved them enough to be... It'll be hurt by them working against you. I... The thought that they were working against you. They were working against me. Yeah. So much so that they... They had told me that they never fired anybody. They would make the employees' lives a living hell until that employee quit because they didn't want to pay unemployment. And that's exactly what they did. So I feel like that was the only time that somebody actively tried to make my life bad. When did it stop hurting? When I quit. And not even then. Because that was 20-something years ago. So and it I still gets sick to my stomach. Not often, mm. but if I'm in that town and I'm driving by that place of work, there's a, there's, mm. um, there's a pit. You know, like there's a scar there. Have you heard what, what they're doing now? What they're up Don't to? care. Okay. <laughs> Don't okay. care. They're still in business. And they were, they were good friends to me at the beginning. I, I had never felt that betrayed by somebody who I wasn't dating. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the source of the quotes? If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. Is by Marcus Cicero, a Roman politician, orator, and advocate of a return to a Republican form of government after the empire's decline into dictatorship and civil wars. Mark Anthony disliked Cicero so much, he declared him an enemy of the state, and after having executed the statesman, had his severed hands and head displayed at the Roman Forum. I wonder what kind of souvenirs one could browse through at the Forum gift shop during those days. Next quote. An honest man is always a child, is by Socrates, a Greek guy who loved to chat a lot and is considered the father of Western philosophy. Like Cicero, he was also strongly disliked by the powers that be and was given a death sentence for corrupting the minds of the youth and impiety by not believing in the gods of the Greeks. Last quote, just as tall trees are known by their shadows, so are good men known by their enemies, is an old Chinese proverb. And as far as I know, the guy who said this was not executed by anyone, per se. But he was crushed to death when his favorite shade tree collapsed unexpectedly. In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile podcast is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at spuncounterguy. Be sure to download the new Podbean app to hear this podcast and others on your tablet and smartphone. And we are now on iTunes. Just do a search for Back by the Woodpile on the iTunes store and we should pop up. And a special thanks to thebrofisticate.com.